Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For He is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that remembers where you were when He found you. I wonder if there's anybody in the building that knows where you could have been had He not saved you. You ought to lift up a shout of praise to your God right now. You ought to raise the roof in this place for about 15 seconds and say, Lord, I give you glory. I give you praise. I thank you, oh great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 my. That scripture in Psalms, it indicates that not only is there a cry that should go forth from the redeemed, but have you ever been talking? You're trying to communicate to somebody. You with children would understand this. And there's some background noise going on. And what you're saying is important. But you're worried that maybe they're making too much noise that the person receiving your message isn't going to hear what you're saying. And so what do you do, mamas and daddies? Somebody went like this. Related to my mother. But she didn't stop here. She... You say, shh, be quiet. Hey, hush. You might say some other stuff that I won't say from the pulpit. Why? Because what you're saying is of importance. You don't want anything to get muddled up or anything to get silenced or squelched. This verse in the original language is literally written in that tone in Psalm 107. It literally is indicating that everybody ought to shut their mouth Everybody ought to be silent. Everybody ought to seal your lips with the exception of the redeemed. There's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of noise, a lot of voices, a lot of people calling for our attention, a lot of things trying to distract us and confuse us, even on this given Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, I declare the word of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It literally means let everybody else hush up and let there be a noise that testifies from the redeemed that there is still a redeemer. My, 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 my. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Let the redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say, my, 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 my. If you've never been saved, you can be saved today. If you've never been filled, you, you can be filled today. If you don't know what this redeemed business is all about, let me tell you, we serve a God that is able to save you from the uttermost. We serve a God that is able to reach you wherever you may be today and whatever sin you may be stuck in, He's able to reach you and lift you out of that sin. All 
of this all of this noise and all of this praise and all of this worship and all of these clapped hands and lifted up voices we are literally doing what the scripture commands us to do we have a debt of praise that we owe because we have been redeemed we recognize that my life is not my own my life is not my own You know why we come to church like we do? Because I recognize since He redeemed me, my time is not even my own. I owe Him a little bit. I owe Him my life. Well, somebody already mentioned giving in this service. I recognize I don't have to fuss with giving in the offering because my money isn't even my own. He has blessed me. He has poured into me. Everything I have belongs to Him. And so let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let there be a voice of the redeemed cry out in this place. Somebody ought to lift up your hands and somebody ought to lift up your voice. I feel like there's a praise that yet needs to go forth in this house. Oh, somebody lift up your voice to the Lord. If you know you've been saved, if you know you've been redeemed, if you know He set you free and delivered you, you ought to lift up a praise to Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't you ever see people in church that try to get a little dignified with their worship I may or may not see a few of you here today I don't know folks that try to just do this little kind of praise I'm not trying to be rude or ignorant I'm not trying to pick on anybody I I can only speak for me. So if the salvation that He gave you, if the praise equivalent of that salvation is this, then buddy, you do it till your hand falls off. And if the praise equivalent of your salvation is one of these, then, buddy, you point until your finger's numb. And if the praise equivalent to your salvation is this, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just telling you what He's done for me is a whole lot more than this, this, or this. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. You don't know where I was when He found me. You don't know where I was when He lifted me out. You don't know how He forgave me and how He bought me with His blood. So you'll have to pardon me and you'll have to pardon the rest of us. We recognize that that salvation was costly and so I owe Him my praise. Oh, somebody ought to make some noise in this place. Somebody ought to lift up your voice in this place. Somebody ought to give God a shout in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
we got precious elders in this room. We've got precious elders in this room that are up in their years and feeble in their bodies. If there is anybody that personally, I, I don't know if this is Bible or not, Pastor, but that I give a pass to when it comes to time to praise and worship, it's my elders. They've been there, done that. They've got more than the t-shirt. They got the whole store. They, they and, and, and some of them are, are, are so weak and in and, and, and age, they, they can't run the aisles like the rest of us can, and they can't jump and buck like they want to. But I looked around here this morning, I saw elders out here, praise. I saw a couple that seemed like they could barely get around, but brother, they were getting it. I, I don't care how, you may have more degrees than a thermometer, but that doesn't disqualify you from being a praiser if he saved you. I'm telling you, you may have more money in the bank. You may have the nicest clothes on your back today. You may have your life all together. But unless you are not yet saved, if you have not yet been redeemed, if you have not yet been brought out, we'll give you an excuse. But I'm telling you, if he brought you out, you owe him a debt of praise. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Woo! some of y'all still worried some of y'all still thinking you're still wondering you know what is he just wasting time here is he still going to preach a 40 minute sermon on top of all of this what in the world y'all got your mind in the wrong place still I'm telling you God if he is going to move how he wants to move pastor already was all over my message when he interrupted that second song here this morning and he said God is ready to move he wants to move he's just waiting on us to do something he's waiting on me to move a little bit Well, I just don't, that's not my personality. I just don't praise like, I, that's not my thing, Brother Sat. You know, I've kind of been around a lot. I've been an ordained minister. I've been in ministry full-time for 20 years. I, I've preached in a few dozen countries. And, uh, man, been all over the world. God's blessed. And uh, I've preached to crowds smaller than this, bigger than this. You know, I, it's okay. I got a little, I got an excuse to just sit back and check things out. I tell you, I love your pastor and his family, and, and, and I'll say more about that, I'm sure, on Wednesday night. I, I love them dearly. One thing I love about Pastor Sapp and Sister Sapp is this right here. They're right here in this altar right now, and they've been down here for the last five minutes worshiping the Lord. You don't ever get to a point in your walk with God or your experience with God. Where I'm too dignified to do it. Well, I, oh. Woo! See, some of y'all got a little problem. You think you deserve to be saved. Well, Jesus. 
God give us a revelation of our own sinful nature. There's not one person in this room. I don't care what your family lineage is from. I don't care what your last name is, what your background is, whether you live on the street last night or whether you live in the nicest house in this entire county. I'm telling you, there's not one person in this room. I don't care how long you've worked for the church, how long you've paid your tithes. There's not one person in this room that deserves to be saved. The only thing he owes me is a one-way ticket to a real warm place. I'm talking warmer than Florida warm. That's all God owes me. Anything above that is his grace. It's his mercy. It's his redemption. Oh, so pardon me if I come to his house and I refuse to sit still or look like a statue. I've got to praise. He's done too much for me. He's brought me a mighty long way he has heard my prayer time and again and for this I give him praise Jesus Jesus stay standing for just a minute John chapter 20 verse 25 God wants to talk to us today Woo! my 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 John chapter 20 verse 25 I wish you'd look at somebody near you and say Bubba Jesus is in the building might be awkward for if you're talking to a lady you can change that Bubba to honey Jesus is in the building my 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 the other disciples verse 25 of John 20 said unto him we have seen the Lord but he said unto them except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails put my finger into the print of the nails thrust my hand into his side I will not believe what a statement statement is not made by some pagan backslider this statement is made by one of the twelve I will not believe and after eight days again his disciples were within and Thomas everybody say Thomas Thomas is with them then came Jesus the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said peace be unto you then saith he to Thomas. Everybody say Thomas. He said to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach. Everybody say reach. Hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. And the result of Thomas's reach was that he replied in verse 28 and he said my Lord and my God. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes the truth about Thomas. The truth about Thomas. I understand you are in a month of revival. And if my calendar is correct, this is the last Sunday of that month. Not the last Sunday of revival, certainly, but the last Sunday of the calendar month. Can I remind you, precious people, 
that we serve a God that is not willing that any should perish. Can I remind you that we serve a God that set the example as the good shepherd of walking away from the 99 to look for the one. I'm telling you what I feel in this house right now. There is a significant reach from heaven in this room. And Jesus is not just here so that the blessed can get more blessed. But Jesus is here so that everyone will see and everyone will know that he is the Lord. Would you lift up your voice to the Lord all across this room? Would you worship him and would you thank him for what he is about to do in this place? Come on, all across this room, clap your hands and lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would release the authority of your word. God, it is nothing that I can do, but it is something that only your word can accomplish in the name of Jesus. Reach in this place today, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, turn around and shake somebody's hand. Say, he's going to preach fast. I believe it. failed to mention earlier, it's an honor to have my lovely wife and my children sitting here on the front row. I'm so glad to have them here. And it's, it's always fun to have them with me. And, and I was just reminded by my family that there's one more Sunday in the month. So uh, I appreciate them. I don't know if y'all have family that'll make sure you know when you mess up, right? Anybody got family like that? Yeah, Pastor Sapp's the only honest one. He was waving his hand. Pastor Sapp, I said, Pastor Kyle, my Lord, what's wrong with me? You guys don't even. Yeah. Your brother Kyle, it's nice to meet you. I'm Luke Levine. It's good to be here with you today. You know, this strange thing happened a few weeks ago. <clears throat> I turned 40. And, and this is where you're supposed to say, man, he, I, I didn't think he was a day over 26. Um, and so I guess my eyesight and my memory and Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. What were we preaching about? What text did I read? Somebody help. Can you put it back on the screen and help me out? Going 20. And if y'all are anything like me, when I sit and listen to a preacher, I'm just going to confess my sins. I'm going to confess all, well, not all my sins. I'm going to confess some of them here today, okay? Everybody just woke up. Oh, 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 oh it's going to get good. I, 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 when, I, when a preacher takes 15 minutes like I did in the interview before he ever reads his text, I'm thinking to myself, now, is he deducting this from his full amount of time or is this in addition to his time? I guess you'll just have to wait and see, okay? John chapter 20, the text that we read, Jesus Christ has been crucified. And in chapter 19 and into 20, he has been buried. And now 
In chapter 20, he has risen from the dead just as he said he would. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God that always keeps his word? He said, I'm going to rise again. And he rose again. He has begun after the resurrection to show himself to the disciples. The Bible lets us know in a couple of different verses that he had begun to reveal himself to those who had closely followed him. And now in our text we pick up that the disciples are gathered together and they are testifying to one another of their experience with the resurrected Savior. The Bible lets us know that they are telling one another, we have seen the Lord. I get a picture in my mind of something akin to what we did earlier in this service as Pastor Kyle was passing around the microphone and people were testifying and declaring the goodness of God and saying Jesus came through for me this week. He gave me a job and he protected my grandchild and he showed up in my finances and I gave 20 and he gave me 200. That's a good return on investment. That's not what I'm preaching about, but there's no stock market option that's going to give you that kind of consistent return. I'm telling you, we ought to testify of the goodness of our God. I get the picture in my mind that they are gathered together. They're testifying of their experience with the resurrected Savior. They're telling one another, we have seen the Lord. Uh, and I can picture another one saying, I saw him too. He, he, he's alive. He, he, he's not dead anymore. And you can imagine, if you'll think with me, the excitement that must have been in the room. For these people that loved him had watched him be brutally executed. They had watched him be hung on a tree and tortured for all to see. And yet now they know, they are convinced that he is alive and he is well. I get excited about $20 turning into 200 and I get excited about a new job but can you imagine being one of those early disciples can you imagine the level of excitement and the level of faith and the level of expectancy as they said to one another we have seen the Lord the last time we saw him he was hanging on a tree the last time we saw him they were putting him in a borrowed tomb but it ought to just go to remind you once again that God doesn't ever leave you at the bottom he doesn't ever forget you when you're in the tomb he doesn't ever leave you when you're in the torture but he is always able to raise you up and to lift you out they said we have seen the Lord now you've got to picture this for a moment because the excitement was in the room. The disciples were testifying. But there was a bit of a problem. The problem was simply this. It was, albeit small, it was a mixed multitude in the room that day. Because not everyone had seen him. They were all followers. They were all disciples. 
But not everybody in the house had witnessed the resurrection firsthand. There were some in the room that they had seen. And they were excited about it. There were others in the room, Brother Sapp, that hadn't seen yet. Putting his glasses on so he can try to see. He hadn't seen yet. But he had enough faith to take my word for it. We're friends enough that he said, you know what? I trust you and Pastor Kyle enough that if you guys have seen, I'm going to just say amen and go along with it. uh, And I'm going to take your experience uh, and add it to my faith. uh, And together we're going to celebrate. Hey, I thank God for those kind of people uh, that can say, you know what, Uh, he hadn't done it for me yet, uh, but I praise God because he's done it for you. uh, And so I'm going to celebrate right alongside. Is there anybody like that in the room today uh, that you're still waiting on a miracle, but you say, you know what, Uh, I'm going to celebrate with those that celebrate. Uh, I'm going to rejoice with those that rejoice. Uh, I'm going to break out the party favor and I'm going to blow the whistle. I'm going to clap the hands. I'm going to wave the hanky. And I'm going to say he hadn't done it for me yet. But because he's done it for you, I know there's a chance that God's not done yet. Because he's done it for you, I've got faith that it's just going to be a little while yet. And he just might show up and do it for me. You, you can be seated. But there's another group of people in the room. There's a man by the name of Thomas. Look at your neighbor and say, Thomas. Look at somebody else say, Thomas. If I could get a little more monitor, brother. There's a man by the name of Thomas. And Thomas was in a different category altogether. Thomas had not seen for himself and Thomas didn't have enough faith we'll call it to take my word for it and so Thomas sitting in a room full of believers sitting in a room full of people where when the praise team is saying Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You're looking around and everybody's bucking and shucking. And what was the last song they sang? Jesus said it. I stick to preaching. Out of your belly, out of your belly. And I saw some sweet sisters when we got to that part. You should have been there when I came, prayed through. And I saw some folks say they were trying to stay in their seat for a while. But when we get to that, I'm telling you, that does something for me too because I identify. Can I preach over here a little while? It's nice in front of this fan. I I, I, I preach over on this side. I can identify with that part of the song because you weren't there, but had you been there, you would understand my praise. You should have been there when I prayed through. Church was on fire in the Holy Ghost too.
And yet while everybody is shouting and dancing and bucking to, I got the river of living water. Thomas is in a different group uh, because Thomas is sitting over by himself uh, and Thomas is looking at everything going on uh, and in his mind uh, Thomas wants to know uh, and in his heart uh, Thomas wants to believe uh, but somehow, some way there's a disconnect and Thomas has doubt. Thomas is in a struggle. Let me just tell you right here and right now. I haven't come to beat up on Thomas. I haven't come to abuse Thomas. I haven't come to malign Thomas. I've come to explain Thomas. And I'll take it a step further. Make some of you th- nervous. I've come to celebrate Thomas. Some of y'all, ooh. I'll take it a step further. Can I get you real nervous? Let me try my best, okay? I come to confess to you that I can identify with Thomas. And some of you are going, and the spiritual folks are going, Brother Kyle, Way to end this revival. We've had faith-filled preachers service after service. And now you bring this skinny white dude in that is confessing that he is a lot like doubting Thomas. What in... I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Is that all right? Some of y'all can fake it. Some of y'all can put your hands in your lap and pretend that you're so spiritual and so righteous and so faith-filled and so... But I'm going to be honest with you because... You know, sometimes we do scripture an injustice and we do ourselves a disservice because we get this false ideology about the people in the Bible and what we are supposed to achieve to and we get this false sense of expectation and it's really, it's a trap of the enemy because it leaves you consistently feeling defeated and consistently feeling less than and consistently feeling like you don't measure up because we have this false idea of I'm telling you these were real people just like you and I are real people you know why I identify with Thomas Uh, Thomas was not some backslidden reprobate uh, carnal heathen Uh, Thomas was one of the twelve Thomas sat on the platform before Uh, Thomas was used in ministry uh, at one time Uh, but Thomas had come to a point in his life uh, and in his walk with God uh, where there was some uncertainty uh, where there was some fear You're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm telling you here this morning that a lot of us, if we're honest, would admit that we have a lot in common with Thomas. The truth about Thomas is he's not near as bad as a guy as we try to make him out to be. We've got a little name that we call him. I already said it. What do we call him? What do we call him? Jesus never called him Doubting Thomas. (laughs) <laughs> Do 
Got you. We're, 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 we're good at putting the labels on people that Jesus. Man, I want to get down there so bad. I'm t- we're good at putting labels on people that Jesus never put on people. Oh, doubting Tom. You know why? Because we've got to have a villain to every story, right? For for it to work with our theology, there's got to be a villain. There's got to be a bad guy to every story. But sometimes, can I just tell you the God honest word of God truth? Sometimes the enemy is just our flesh. Sometimes the adversary is nothing more than our... We're going to kill this revival flat, Pastor. Sometimes the, revi- the, the hindrance uh, is just my humanity. Uh, and you know why we struggle with that? Uh, because I can stomp on the devil. But you can't stomp on your flesh. Woo, Holy Ghost. You, you, you can shout till the devil runs off. You can pray till he runs away. But I'm telling you, you got to do something different when it comes to your own flesh and your own struggles and your own habits and your own hang-ups. I'm... I tell you, Thomas wasn't that bad of a guy at all. He was one of the elite. And I thank God for Thomas. You know why? Because Thomas was a man who refused to fake it. He refused to be a fraud. He refused to be a pretender. He refused to sit in church and act like everything was all right when it wasn't all right. He refused to sit there like he had his stuff together when he didn't have his stuff together. He refused to give a little fake praise uh, when he knew things were falling apart on the inside uh, and when everybody else was getting after it uh, Thomas was honest enough with himself he was honest enough with himself to say you know what Unless I shall see the print of the nails uh, in his hand, uh, and unless I shall see uh, his fa- the print of the nails uh, in his in his side, uh, and where the spear pierced him in the side, and I he said, I will not believe. I will not believe. I don't know about you, but there's times. You ready for this? There's times that all of us struggle with doubt. Some of you. There's sometimes all of us struggle with unbelief. I've been privileged to be on the platform with some of the greatest preachers in Pentecost. And there's times we all battle. Man, y'all. Bring. Who was here a couple Wednesdays ago you were telling me about? Our friend, Crosley. Pastor, you better get Crosley back here to fix this. Who, who was here last week? Heron. You better get Heron back here to fix this. He's preaching doubt to us. I'm telling you, doubt is a reality of life. But watch this. Watch this. If the enemy, when your heart is troubled with doubt and disbelief, if he can get you to ostracize yourself, if he can get you to walk away from the body, if he can get you to just back up a little bit, if he can get you to just start, 
He's got you right where he wants you. The reality is we all battle with doubt at times. We all struggle. Why are you preaching like this on the last uh, the last week of this ex- revival that we, I'll tell you why I'm preaching like this. Because God's not willing that any should perish. God's not willing that any person in this room sit there in the chair and feel like the revival has left you out or the revival has passed you by and everybody else is getting it and everybody else is getting blessed but somehow God has overlooked you he hasn't overlooked you he's not avoiding you he's not turned off by your doubt he's not avoiding your struggle I'm telling you we've all been there and God knows exactly where you are today Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and you ought to lift up your voice to the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God is going to lift somebody up that's been down for a while. God is going to raise somebody to a new level that's been struggling. We give Thomas a bad rap. But the truth is, Thomas, all he did was what some of us would do. When he heard something that sounded too good to be true, all he said was, I've got to see it for myself. I've been, my, 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 my. I've been through too much trauma. I've been through too much turmoil. I've been through too much pain. I watched them torture my beloved friend. I watched them hang him on a tree. I watched them put him in a grave. I'm sorry if you can just take somebody's word for it. But you know we're all unique. We all have different personalities. We all come from different backgrounds and different faith experiences. And so kudos to you if you're one of those that just say I believe but you know what that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you if you're a little bit like Thomas and you say I'm going to need to see this for myself what Thomas didn't do. Here's what Thomas didn't do. I'm, I'm just going to come down here, okay? He said, all right. Thomas did not look at the believers and say, man, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. What is wrong with you? There's no way Jesus is alive. No, he didn't say that. He just said, if I'm going to believe, i got to see for myself. He didn't come over here and say, you know what? You're a lunatic. You're just crazy, man. You're, you're, you're out of your mind. They've brainwashed you. Uh, you're seeing things. That's it. You're hallucinating. He didn't do that. He just said, I'm speaking for myself. I've got to see for myself. I've got to say a couple things here. I know how long I've been going. I've been going exactly 38 minutes from the time I touched the mic, okay? So let me tell you. Here, we... we I got to say a few things here. First of all, kudos to the church. Because when Thomas professed his struggle, here's what they didn't do. When Thomas said, unless you see it, but I don't, and you believe it, but I've got to see it if I'm going to believe it. Here's what they didn't do. Will you help me, brother? They didn't say, all right, now I picked the right guy because you're a lot bigger than me. So they didn't say, all right, Thomas, if you ain't going to believe, 
out the door with you, buddy. You get out of here. We don't want you here anymore. Man, you're not even welcome in this church. They didn't say, now, buddy, you got to see it like we see it if you're going to worship here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They, they didn't say... They didn't say, you got to believe it just like I believe it if you're going to come show up here on Sunday. They, they, they didn't say, uh, you know what, let's make him sit. Let's make him sit over here. We're going we're gonna to put a, a special section. Go ahead. We're going to put a special section for the doubters in the church. <laughs> we're going to mark them. You know, just put them all together so we know where to attack at altar call, right? No, he didn't say we're going we're gonna to separate you or segregate you or ostracize you. The preacher might embarrass you. I'm not I'm trying to, but it's just a byproduct of what I'm doing here. But he, here's what they said. Thomas said, unless I see it, I will not believe. And guess what? They let the man... How do I know that? Because the next verse says, after eight days again, the disciples were within. It was another worship service. And guess who it points out was with them? They, they, they didn't say, you know what, we're going to change the worship time because we don't want somebody like Thomas in with us. He, he's going to muddy the waters, man. He's going to delineate. He's going to dilute our faith in the church. No, can I tell you, uh, the church is not hurt uh, by having a bunch of Thomas. I thank God for those disciples uh, because they didn't kick him out. Uh, they didn't show him the door. They said, Thomas, you're welcome uh, to come right back uh, and keep worshiping with us. Uh, that's all right if you don't see it like we see it. Uh, it's okay if you don't have the same experience uh, we have. Uh, just keep showing up, Thomas. Uh, thank you. Just keep showing up. Uh, just keep coming to church. Uh, just keep plunking down in the seat. Uh, you may not understand it yet uh, you may not have experienced yet uh, but just come on anyway uh, because it's only a matter of time uh, that Jesus is going to step in uh, and when Jesus steps in I thank God for a church uh, that doesn't kick Thomas out. Uh, let me tell you, I'm not the pastor of this church, uh, but my friend, uh, Pastor Kyle, is the pastor, and I can speak for him in this regard and tell you uh, this church isn't going to push you out the door uh, because you don't see it like we see it. Uh, you're not going to get excommunicated uh, because you don't get it like we got it. Uh, I'm telling you, the best thing you can do uh, is just keep showing up. Uh, just keep coming. Uh, just keep coming I gotta say congratulations to Thomas uh, because when Thomas could have left uh, when Thomas could have got so beat up and beat down in his mind uh, that he just walked away uh, Thomas himself uh, made the decision uh, I'm coming again uh, I'm showing up again uh, I don't have my miracle yet uh, but I'm gonna be there next time uh, 
I don't have my prayer answered yet, uh, but guess what? Uh, I'm back again. Uh, I haven't got it all figured out, uh, but guess what, devil? You ain't keeping me away. Uh, I'm back again. Uh, I'm coming again, uh, and I'll be here the next time, uh, and I'll be here the next time. The truth about Thomas is, uh, is Thomas is a lot like you uh, and Thomas is a lot like me. Uh, I thank God uh, for somebody that's honest enough to say, I need a revelation. Uh, I need a touch from God. Because as long as you're sitting there in this service and you're faking it, as long as you're sitting there in this service and you're pretending like you got it all together and you don't, you are literally disqualifying yourself from the miraculous because nobody ever got Jesus' attention by pretending that they didn't need His attention. Nobody ever got Jesus' attention by acting like they didn't need anything from God but time and again if you want the attention of the master you got to be willing to get honest enough to say I've got to see it for myself you got to come crawling to him you got to come crying to him you got to come and say Lord I want to know I want to know I want to know Lift up your voice to the Lord all across this room. Come on, lift up your hands and lift up your voice all across this room. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Come on, somebody just reach out to God right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. I'm preaching to people here today that you've been locked up in doubt and you've been locked up in fear and you've been locked up in uncertainty and the adversary of your soul has lied to you and he has told you you don't belong here. He has lied to you and told you that God doesn't love you. He has lied to you and tried to convince you that the miracles are for everybody else but you've got too much doubt. You've got too many questions. Do you really think the God that created the universe is intimidated by the sum total of your questions are you out of your mind he is not scared of your questions he can answer every one of them but the mode with which he chooses to move and to answer is not someone sitting obstinate to his presence but somebody that says God I need you and I want to touch you I want to know that this is real Don't you think for a minute that God's going to do His work and forget about you. Don't you believe for a second that the church is just going to go right on past you. Can I tell you when I hear somebody say, I feel like the church has passed me up. What it tells me is that they have believed the lie of the enemy. They have believed the lie of the enemy. That there's just no way God can do for me what He's done. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. 
I'm telling I feel the Holy Ghost. God has some of you right in his crosshairs today. And you've been through every one of these revival services. And yet your needs have been unmet. And the enemy's been beating your mind up. Every time you go home, some of you young people are looking around at the other young people in the church. And you're saying, if I only had what they had. Or if I only was where they are. And if I only had that opportunity. And if I only had that miracle or that gifting or that blessing. That's a lie from the enemy to keep you paralyzed and in your place because as long as he can get you to believe that lie when Jesus comes in you'll never be willing to reach but if you can be like Thomas and say you know what I don't know but I want to know I haven't touched him but I want to touch him I'm telling you Jesus is in the room and when Jesus comes in After eight days, again, the disciples are within. Then came Jesus. Oh, I feel him in this place. The doors being shut. That means they weren't entirely expecting him. That means they thought they were going to sit through another Sunday morning service. And be able to avoid it. (laughs) Then came Jesus. The doors being shut. Why were the doors shut? The doors were shut because they feared that the authorities may be coming after them. They thought that the authorities may be trying to find them and accuse them of stealing the body of Christ. And so the doors were shut and the doors were locked. I mean, they're on lockdown. Can I tell you, Jesus, are you Jesus? Come on. No, you're all right. Come on. It just works with the message. Don't go in. Jesus knows how to find you when you're in lockdown. Jesus knows how to find you when you're in fear. Jesus knows how to find you when nobody else knows where you're at. That's why some of you have been feeling the touch of God in your heart for the last 30 minutes of this sermon. You know what? Not because I'm a good preacher, because there's much, much, much better preachers that you hear all the time. Not because there's anything special about me, because the only thing special about me is the God living inside of me. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the fact that Jesus knows where you are. And this is the appointed time, and I and this is the appointed place, and all I am is just the messenger. Jesus wants you to know that He loves you, that He cares about you, that He knows where you 
are. He wants you to know that while everybody else is worshiping and everybody else is praying, he hears the thoughts in your mind. He sees the questions in your heart. He wants you to know that the skepticism that you're battling with, he's not intimidated by that at all. After eight days, then came Jesus. The door is being shut. Oh, I love this part. Jesus just appears in the room. Sometimes the Bible has a sense of humor. It's not coincidence that the first words Jesus spoke when he just appeared in the room with locked doors and windows where everybody's on lockdown. You appear in my room when I'm on lockdown like that, you better be Jesus. He walks in the room and he says, peace be unto you. Because you walk in my room in the middle of the night on lockdown, I'm going to need peace. And you are too. (laughs) But watch this. This is so powerful. And I'm closing. He walks into a room full of faithful and faith-filled believers. Believers who had given much. Believers who had sacrificed. Believers who had never wavered. And what would he do first? What he would do first would set a precedent for not only the remaining short period of his earthly ministry but would also set a precedent for the ministry of the church Jesus had opportunity to turn to the faithful he had opportunity to walk right past Thomas and say good job you've done well great job you're way better than him Your worship is, oh, it's just amazing. I wish he'd get it together like that. Your giving, your sacrifice has been noted. This guy, he's not there yet. But we sit here today and we feel that way in our minds sometimes. But I'm telling you what Jesus does when he walks into the room. The first thing he did was he turns to Thomas. He turns to the one in the middle of the struggle of his life. He turns to the one who's in the middle of the testing of his faith. He turns to the one who's in the middle of the valley. He turns to the one that's full of skepticism and full of fear and and full of uncertainty. That's the one that Jesus turns to. And he says, Thomas, if you want to know, 
if you want to believe I have come for you I've not come just to bless the blessed I've not come just to strengthen the strong I've not come just to encourage those who are already on a spiritual high but I have come to reach for every Thomas in the room I've come to reach for every disciple every believer every person who wants it Come on, lift up your voice. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I tell you what he does. Hear me. I'm he, he says, Thomas, if you want to believe, if you want to believe, Jesus didn't show up. You can just remain standing there. He didn't, he, he, Jesus did not show up and say, Thomas, you ignorant pile of mess. You, your life is a mess. Your faith is a mess. You're, no, he didn't beat him up. Nor did he grab him and put him in a holy headlock. I wasn't going to do this to my brother over there. You're more my size. He didn't put him in a holy headlock. And say, boy, you're going to get to this altar. You're going to believe or else. Now, we got some church mamas that will do that. But Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't operate that way. He doesn't say, how dare you not believe. All he does is he gives Thomas an opportunity to have faith. Let me tell you what faith is. It's not some mysterious spooky substance that's only possessed by the elite few let me tell you how simple faith is faith sometimes is as simple as obedience faith sometimes is as simple as an opportunity Thomas I'm not going to make you believe but he said here are my nail scarred hands do you remember Thomas's prayer request he said, if I can just touch the print of the nails in his hands and put my hand in his side, I, I, I'll believe. But until then, I won't. Jesus knows your prayer request. Come on, do you hear what I'm telling you right now? He has heard your prayer in the midnight hour when you were laying beside your bed and weeping and seeking. He has heard every prayer. He has heard every worry. He sees every fear. And as we stand together today, let me tell you what Jesus has come to do. Jesus has come into this room to categorically address every issue of your life. He doesn't want to leave you partially touched. He doesn't want to leave you partially healed. He doesn't want to leave you with a little bit of faith and a whole lot of doubt. But he wants a complete transformation in your life today. And so he says, Thomas, here it is. Here I am. If you want to believe, then you just reach. Reach hither thy hand and behold my hands. And Thomas, reach hither your hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believe 
receiving. Let me tell you what the master of the universe is doing right now. He is not forcing you to believe. He is simply standing here with nail-scarred hands and he is presenting you with an opportunity to reach. And if you will respond to his presence with a reach of obedience or a reach of faith or a reach of response, then I'm telling you, you will connect with him and the end result for you will be the end result as it was for Thomas when he lifted up his voice and he said, my Lord and my God, I've got it. I see it. My faith is restored. My confidence is back. The miracle is done. Why? Because I simply responded to his presence. Jesus is here right now. There is a very tender spirit of the Lord here. There is a gentle touch that is in this room. And I'm telling you, God hasn't come to arm wrestle you. God hasn't come. I know there are moments where like we preach about Jacob and the angel and the wrestle. But this morning is not about a wrestling match. This morning is about the tender mercies. The sure mercies of a God who created you. And his presence is in this room. And what he is speaking to this church. And what he is speaking to every believer in this church right now. Is you need to reach out to me. If you'll just reach to me. Pastor Sapp said it during the second. Pastor Kyle said it during the second song. He said if you'll just reach to me. If you'll just respond to my presence. If you'll just respond to me. God's not. Uh, God. God's just waiting on us. We're not waiting on Him. He is in this place and He's looking for somebody to get honest enough with yourself to step out of your seat and to join these that are already in this front. He's looking for somebody that'll be honest enough. Somebody that'll be authentic enough. Come on. You don't like fakers on the job. You don't like fake friends. You don't like fake family members. Why would God be attracted to a fake body? Believer. Come on, get out of your seat. If you want more of Him, you ought to flood to this altar and you ought to lift up your hands and you ought to lift up your voice and say, Lord, this is my reach. And as you reach to Him, He will transform your doubt into faith. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Get as close as you can right I feel his presence so real right now. Come on, get as close as you can to this altar. And here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to forget about everybody else around you right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can have it. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, this is your moment. You will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, God is here right now for every single believer in this room. He's here for every single believer. And all you've got to do is reach to Him. I want you to close your eyes all across this altar. I want you to forget about who's beside you. Forget about what song they're about to sing. And would you lift up your hands? 
as a sign of surrender? Would you lift up your hands? And would you lift up your voice as a sign of your reach? Come on, lift it up right now. Lift it up right now. Lift it up right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray by the authority of your word and by the power of your name that you would respond to every reach. I pray right now that you would transform every doubt into faith. That there would be a spirit of expectancy in this room. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice. What you're feeling is the nail-scarred hands of the Master. What you're feeling is a transformation of faith. What you're feeling is the beginning of something new, Thomas. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Yes, 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 yes. 